You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. Have you ever said, Lord, send me, only to find out you weren't ready, it wasn't a good fit, or you just felt lost? Today, we are talking about personalities and skills, the pleasant, the awkward, but in the end, as long as we are willing to answer God's call, he will be there with you. Yeah, how do you manage ministry as opposites? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We literally just had that happen, though, on the way here. The opposites? We, the opposites, how we manage differently ministry. My approach <laughs> is very direct and, like, one and done. Deliverance covers a multitude of sins, and hers is like, okay, this person needs mercy, this person needs grace, this person uh, doesn't need to hear just everything the, right the now. flat-out truth right now. They need to... Oh, like it's a process. I'm more of a process. He's more of a get it in. Get in a, and get I out. got delivered, so you should be delivered. Mm-hmm. Like everything's covered in the cross. Mm-hmm. But I also am learning to. You're like mom and dad. Well, mom's very mom much like. Mom had a, to go through the process, right? Like Inner she, healing. Right. But when when they got saved as a couple. Mm-hmm. Because she was brought up in it. Right. Had fallen away. Mm-hmm. He had a miraculous right. salvation. Yeah. Was delivered from smoking cigarettes Instantly. through water baptism. Mm-hmm. Like no cravings, nothing. Mm-hmm. And she had to fight through it. Yes. And it was a process for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And got like it, but that makes sense. And so sometimes people would get upset with certain people's. Uh, way that they deliver the message, but they can't get upset with the way that people delivered the message because that's how it happened for them. Mm-hmm. They're they're delivering that message out of what they have been through, uh, like, they're, it's like their what testimony. happened exactly. Right. So that's I think that's the importance though of having togetherness because we can learn from each other. So yeah. sometimes I don't have to have fourteen million visits with someone in order to you know just really build them up and try to get everything in little bits at a time. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should do, maybe there are situations where it should be like a one, two punch and same with him. Maybe everyone is not a one, two punch. Maybe there's a few that he needs to learn. Like let's go back again. Let's go back again. Do you find, so I could imagine that if you come from like a process standpoint, right? that the one and done can be overwhelming because I feel like that comes from a place of like, I don't want to miss anything. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that something that that we're doing here is lasting. Right. Well, and also, if you haven't had a deliverance where something was taken one and done, mm-hmm. there's no way that you can possibly understand what that's like. Right. Whereas well, you if can. you've had it done one I and done. I don't think so. If you've had it done like one and done, I would imagine, I don't know. It's It's all through... Through the Gospels, everywhere Jesus went was a. I know, but from <clears throat> from like a human perspective, right? I don't I don't have that vantage point, right? But I could imagine it being somewhat frustrating. You you do have that in a sense though, because your experience with me. So I mean, you guys you guys get to see the finality of what happened with me. So that makes it very realistic and accessible. It's just understanding the process of the discernment to get there for somebody else. So like me, I have to 
learn to discern, like, is this one of those moments where this person can be delivered, set free, taken down to the river right now, baptized, and they're going to go off on like a a ministry journey Mm -hmm. the rest of their life, and they're Mm -hmm. never going to turn back? Mm -hmm. Or is this somebody that's really going to need strong discipleship? Right. Do you know what this screams to me? Is fivefold ministry. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. like Heidi does dig in. She wants to dig in and like get background and context and like, right? Yeah. Like the whole picture mm-hmm. and handle it like in a more holistic, not holistic, yeah. but whole, a whole person mm-hmm. type of video, which you have background in healing ministry as well. Mm-hmm. Have been training up with mom in that, in that area. Whereas an evangelist. Yeah, they're both needed. Both well, yeah. needed. Yeah. But the evangelist is where it's like, yes, let's reach the lost, let's by the thousands, yeah. right? When you when you look at like I'll always go back to Jude, and strive to save others, mm-hmm. snatching them out of the fire. On others take pity, but with fear, loathing even the garments spotted by the flesh and polluted by their sensuality. Um, we have to, we have to know that if you go back up into Jude 20, mm-hmm. it says, but you beloved, build yourselves up founded on your most holy faith, make progress, rise like an edifice higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. So when you, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you literally add levels to your building. Come mm-hmm. on. Like that edifice, you're rising higher and higher. So but you, beloved, build yourselves up founded on your most holy faith. What's holier than the Spirit praying through you? Right. Right? On your most holy faith, that free gift of the Holy Spirit. Mom always uses Rise that Rise like an edifice higher mm-hmm. and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Guard and keep yourselves in the love of God. Mm-hmm. Expect patiently. Wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah which will bring unto you unto life eternal and refute as to convict some who dispute with you and on some have mercy who mm-hmm. waver and doubt. On some have mercy who mm-hmm. waver and doubt. You don't have to have mercy on the ones who get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to have mercy on the ones who waver and doubt. And the ones who don't get it are the ones that are most frustrating to somebody that's had like a one and done, mm-hmm. uh, like a divine encounter with the Holy Spirit where God presents himself to them, and they know there's no going back from here on forward. So when you look at that scripture, and you look at who we are and how we came to be in Christ, it covers all the bases. Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest thing is is praying yourself on your most holy faith, because when you become that edifice, you have, you know, if you think of it like 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 a huge office complex or something like that right Mm -hmm. you have every floor has got different departments that can cover they're they're equipped with the assets to attack different problems Mm -hmm. so when we're prayed up in our most holy faith and we become this edifice the strong uh building that god can use to house his free gifts for those around you in you know as you need or or see fit you can go to each one of those those departments that you've got built up in your in your it's your closet. infrastructure yeah you can bring those things to the table it's you like shut okay, up you should preach this seriously message at it's a good word if you if you meet somebody that clearly hasn't gotten to the root 
of the issues in their life, um, you know, for them to be delivered from things they don't know they're delivered from, there's no testimony in that, mm-hmm, right? right? So there are times where where God's going to have to reveal to them those things that are actually a, a foothold or a stronghold mm-hmm. so that he can be the one that, his, like, our weapons are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds, right? Mm-hmm. So each one of those strongholds, they, they need to be p- torn down. And when God tears those down, that's very revealing to his character in your life and what he's saved you from. So now that becomes a built part of your testimony. That's a level of your testimony. You know what's so interesting is now people have heard both sides of your testimony. And it's like really God, he, he's like... He, he he blows my mind. Oh, yeah. He blows my mind all the time because you're multifaceted now as a team. Mm-hmm. And she did the long haul. <laughs> right? And she had to, like, persevere. Yeah. Wait it out. Yeah, go through the process. Stand. And yours is just as profound but different. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to minister to people differently. Absolutely. Yeah, from those vantage Two points. Different she has. She had to learn how to forgive and not respond to somebody that was instantly changed. Yes. So you have like two years of untraining yourself to have responses to a self-pitying alcoholic drug addict. Yeah. That's addicted to pornography. So you're no longer responding to somebody with this built defense of yeah but you're you're really i know who you really are you you're the guy that hides dirty magazines in the drawers and you're the guy that does this and you're not to be trusted alone so now you can't respond to that guy anymore and you have to start seeing him through the eyes of christ but you know it's interesting because we've said this for a long time heidi's heidi was given a supernatural ability to let things roll off her back and like look beyond it after 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 yes like during the forgiveness part so it was still yes. in the yeah once i forgave yeah and then released so mm-hmm. that so unforgiveness mm-hmm. that is a dirty 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 weapon it will keep you from the presence of god right. unforgiveness will keep <coughs> you from the presence of god mm-hmm. and so a lot of people that have gotten really hurt still hold these people in unforgiveness for things that they have done but in the process of learning the unforgiveness piece is I learned that you can't retaliate. Right. Yes. Yeah. So when I, whenever a retaliation would come, now that's just human nature, right? Someone slashes you, like your natural response. Well, we response. live in a culture yeah. where justice is served mm-hmm. and you, you see it. Yeah. You, and you, people are conditioned to want to wait it out. Right. And to see, they want to watch and make sure that they see like that justice person is complete. repent. Mm-hmm. And I want to see you apologize. And I deserve that. Yeah. You, you surrender your, your ability or your um, entitlement to avenge yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, to be heard. Because yeah. vengeance is. Mine, Mine says, says the Lord. The Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with the retaliation, I started to learn through the help of his mother, of course. Mm-hmm. Every so if let out Pastor Annette. <laughs> let's say he would call me a dirty name, mm-hmm. 
And I would then retaliate and call him a dirty name. Well, if I would have let him call me a dirty name and I would have stopped it, I would have just chopped it right at that point. I I would not be responsible for him saying that dirty word to me. Mm -hmm. He's responsible for his own dirty word and he'll have to get like he'll answer for that. Right. Mm -hmm. But when I when you retaliate, it does not matter if you were hurt in the first place, it doesn't matter if you were victimized in the first place. It doesn't matter if you have the right mm-hmm. to talk back. As soon as you retaliate and say something back out of your mouth, you now are in that judgment court. I think it's important for people that appreciate and adhere to processes, mm-hmm. processes, if you will. Yeah. To, We need to get used to the idea that when someone is supernaturally delivered, mm-hmm. They are not getting off scot-free. Oh, no. And you can have a tendency as a a human to be like, well, that's nice. Yeah, I went through all this. Yeah. And they they turn around and like it's one and done. Yeah. So in a lot of those deliverances, though, Mm -hmm. I don't think I think that's possibly the part of the only way that God could have done it with them. Is to remove, like in certain personalities and certain traits and certain generational things, sometimes that immediate taking away is because that's what God had to do for that particular person. And it, they're primed for it. Mm-hmm. He, he got rid of the big stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you can sort through the little stuff. It's like an emergency surgery. Yes. In Matthew yeah. 5 25, it says, Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're on the way traveling with him lest your accuser hand you over to the judge yes. and the judge to the guard and you be put into prison. Truly, I say to you, it will not be, truly, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last fraction of a penny. So when you, when you hold somebody in, in contempt instead of making peace right away, you'll be judged according to their judges and yep. their torturers. Yeah, like right. you're, you're now. You're gonna reap the, the reward of, or the fruit of what they've sown as well as what you've mm-hmm. sown. You know, you guys talked about in. I don't know if Joe went into it as much, but Heidi, you alluded to. When things kind of culminated, you actually at that moment, also were evicted. Yeah. And when I think about this, I think of of that situation because that landlord was also a Christian person, Mm -hmm. right? And she maybe walked away, well, maybe didn't even know your story. I don't think she did till later, right? Correct. But that's one of those situations where she maybe felt like, great, these people are just going to move out and like, I'm just out and it is what it is. But... You guys didn't get off, quote, scot-free, right? You actually came back in contact. And I think God does that more often than people realize. So you guys had a full circle moment with her, Correct. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were able to come to peace with her. Mm-hmm. Yep, and make things right and ask for forgiveness. And Did you, was it at a restaurant? Where did you run into her? Or did she come to church? Yeah, came to church. <laughs> Risk of being a well, pastor of all kid. the churches <laughs> in all of Eau Claire. Yeah. yeah, like I was speaking, and I believe it was like uh, the context of it was like, "Oh, you got you got to come to this church to hear these people." 
and like and she didn't know who who n- was speaking right and walks into this guy that did was, her dirty basically yeah, did did uh terrible things as as far as being dishonest and then like i had to finish speaking and then make my way back there and plead my case um I, I had been praying that God would put people back in our paths that we could fix things. Mm-hmm. And he did. Yeah. And now you had like a my name is Earl moment. Right? Every time it was <laughs> every time it was the most inopportune time. And now that I look back, every time was the most opportune time. Mm-hmm. Like it was so inconvenient in the moment. But now that I look back, had it been any other way, it wouldn't have been received right. Right. So now all of a sudden you sit through an entire message from somebody you don't feel is credible, and everybody said, come hear this person because they're really credible. (laughs) Right. And then all of a sudden that person comes and they're like, I'm so sorry, I'm not that person. God did this, this, this in my life. They think you're trying to convert them to your church, and they're like, I have a good church I go to. You've been forgiven a long time ago. And I'm like, oh no, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to get you to come here. Like, I'm trying to explain to you that God fixed things, mm-hmm. and I need to ask you for forgiveness so that we can fix things. Yeah, whatever. You've been forgiven a long time ago. And then it was several weeks later, in a completely different social setting. Then I, alone with my children, acting up in a grocery store, ran into her and her husband, mm. and then it turned into. Like this whole thing, uh, we were all crying in the middle of a grocery store, uh, praying for their children. Um, God did something where, when when she had went home, she told her husband about that whole encounter, mm-hmm. and God did something there that when I ran into them, they were completely open and they were like, "If God did that in your life, mm-hmm. do you think He'll do it in our kid's life?" Yeah, and I said, "Absolutely, He will." And then I ended up spending Christmas Eve with them and New Year's Eve with them. Wow. Yeah. See, so like it's I feel like there's multiple lessons in that. And one is if you, you know, even though somebody has this miraculous, I don't want to say quick. That's not the right word. Encounter. But it's just like wham, Mm -hmm. like changed, Mm -hmm. you know. You can rest assured that God is going to provide opportunities for them to make things right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Along their way. Yeah. We um the other real quick, the other I guess lesson in that as far as I'm concerned is if you feel a lot of people can live under guilt and self-condemnation, but if you pray, God through the Holy Spirit will provide opportunities for you to make things right with people. Yeah. Yeah, because there, there is there is a lot of us in in the Christian way that want deliverance from things that we know are wrong, mm-hmm. but we don't ever want to have transparency there. We don't want to. We have shame, mm. and shame's not given to us by God. So we're like, okay, I'm ashamed of this thing. So God, if you can secretly heal me of it, I'll never do it again. But then if you do do it again, nobody will ever know because right. nobody ever knew you were delivered from it yeah. in the first place. So it's really a, it's it's not good for you right. to not have transparency with with those types of deliverances. Or so for me, all those different situations that I was in, 
I needed God to help me write those so that nobody can ever call me a thief again. Mm -hmm. Nobody can ever call me a liar again because I'm going to walk in transparency now. Mm -hmm. Right. So the only people that could have called me that, God's allowed me to fix it. Mm -hmm. And through his grace and his mercy, he changed the heart of those in enmity with me. Mm. So he already did, he did work in them before they even got to me after I prayed and asked him for the opportunity. If you want radical transformation in your life, but you don't ever want to have any kind of encounter with things in the past, then you're not a new creation. Because mm. a new creation is not that same guy. So there should be no problem with me confronting those things because now I'm not confronting them as, as that guy that's, that's deserving of that punishment. I'm confronting them as, as that guy that wants to see that person now do well through knowing that I'm changed. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm so sorry that they had to go through that. And not every encounter is going to be like warm embraces. Everybody's no. in tears and it turns out great. But if you, I believe that if you pray, if you have an encounter that's less than favorable Mm -hmm. with someone from your past after you've been delivered, Mm -hmm. it's really not up to you Mm -hmm. to try to change their mind. But it might be their saving grace 10 years from now. Yeah. It might open a door 10 years from now to when they're in a place where they need freedom to go, oh man. That's what that person had to do Mm -hmm. to get free from me. And here I am still Mm -hmm. drinking poison, waiting for them to feel the effects of it. Yeah. Yeah. I need freedom. And then they'll repent. Mm -hmm. And I think if we take ourselves out of the situation sometimes, you know how we talked about this kind of on a few of them, how Mm -hmm. we're just so self-aware all the time. The Bible says that we can have peace that surpasses understanding. So -hmm. a lot of the times in those situations... Don't plan out how it's going to go or plan out what the outcome is going to be. Because if you just do what you're supposed to do at that particular moment and not care, really, not disrespectfully, but just not care and understand that God has it in control on whatever the reaction or the outcome is with that person, you'll still walk away with a peace. Because mm-hmm. if you stop trying to understand everything, yeah, God's a miraculous, supernatural God, you're not going to understand everything. And sometimes yeah. I think we just need to be okay with that. And well, you have like a, we have a very limited idea of how things can and should go. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just listening to somebody speak about the paralytic that was at the Gate Beautiful. And his idea of a miracle was that somebody would give him a load him of cash. Yeah, or or the, the one that sat at the pool. Someone would pick him up and dip him in there. Right. At Bethesda. And... God had way bigger plans Yeah, mm-hmm. that didn't involve what they thought to be their main objective, their yeah. main, their wish, so to speak, their, the answer to their problems, air quote, to them ended up so different from what God actually ended up doing. The whole point I'm trying to make is that you can sit and fantasize all you want about how an encounter can mm-hmm. and should go. We've all done that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're washing your hair in the shower and you're having a fake argument. Yes. That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> or or a really positive encounter that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And then it doesn't go your way and people get really derailed. Yes. You're supposed to be steadfast. 
Yeah. And you're, we are far too concerned with constantly making, like constantly delivering. Yeah. That like the battle's his. Yeah. He's going to make things flourish and, Mm -hmm. and grow Mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. It's all according to what God wants to do. We simply are called to be obedient. Right. But at, at some point too, you, you, it's no longer about you being free. Because mm-hmm. you're free. Right. The sun sets free is free indeed. Yeah. It's about getting those other people free. Mm-hmm. Because right now, they're they're not free at the cost of who you used to be. Right. So it's like, How do what's I, your objective here? To, to free yourself up and feel not... Right. F- free yourself up from feeling guilty or to work on the salvation of that person? One of the biggest ones I ever had to face was in like front of a prosecutor and i literally said i i admitted to some things and i said i did this this and this and i said the reason why i'm here is because they need to be free of me Mm -hmm. i said so whatever happens i just want them to know that they're free of me and all the the discomfort and discord that i brought into their life and then that person got visibly upset but like in a good way and was like we don't want anything to happen to him like or they his show family. compassion on you yeah just mm-hmm. let's drop this right now and then and then the person in charge is like well now it's not up to you now the state's involved mm-hmm. and that that resulted us in paying back thousands like tens of thousands of dollars right but that's another one of those situations right. where they have been brought back to you so many times i mean we live in a relatively small town but not that small yeah that you run into them more than I ever have. Yeah. In weird, <laughs> you know? pla- in oh, our, weird our places. Our child ended up yeah. randomly fishing with their kid, the only two kids fishing at this little lake. Mm-hmm. And they get <laughs> so talking weird. and they're yeah. like, my parents own a carpet cleaning company and the other one's like, mine, mine. too. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> and like, What a funny. And yeah. then I run into the mom at a funeral and I'm like, oh my gosh, my son randomly met your son. And she's like, oh, I know. He came home and talked about having you guys over. And I'm like, that is so crazy. So what funny. are the odds? Yeah. But that's yet another miracle and a proof that you can think a relationship, a friendship. I tell you what, when I thought about when I thought about praying about God repairing that situation, mm-hmm. the idea that I had of how that would go down was so far from what God did. Yeah. Like mine was very cautious and mine was very um, instrumental in how things would have to happen so that there was no confrontation. And God made it happen in a public place surrounded by our peers. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was such a strange event because God had already done so much there that it was just a simple conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a simple conversation delving into details of things. It was more of a, I'm so glad you're doing well. And you can, this is the thing, a partnership, uh, a friendship, a relationship like that, people can think it's irretrievably broken. Is that the word? Irretrievably? Irreconcilable. Deeply broken. Yeah. (laughs) And God will transform And, you know, I've seen this in marriages with people. It's like they have two marriages. One is completely broken. 
you guys might might feel this way. I was going to say, <laughs> is that us? Like that post that you did today? Yeah. Like just even the pictures of pre. Can I say people started wishing me happy anniversary? Did they? Yeah. That's awesome. That's I love funny. it. I'm yeah. like, read, read the whole thing, guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guy. Hey, guy. <laughs> hey, guy. Hey, guy. <laughs> <laughs> so Midwestern. <laughs> Um, but even pictures of pre-deliverance versus us recently, Mm -hmm. that's, it's like two different lives. Yeah. You looked like babies, by the way, in your wedding pictures. Yeah. Very young. But not only will he, you had said this in, I think, Heidi's testimony episode where God will restore back to you what the canker worm has eaten, right? Yes. And that applies to relationships and I've seen people where they hit a wall in their marriage and it seems like there's no hope mm-hmm. yeah and then God comes in anymore. right but really it infidelity or mm-hmm. you name it and if people are able to persevere and seek God yeah for his help they yeah. walk away and I was listening to a secular, psychologists talk about how people that she witnessed that were able to persevere they, it's like they end up having a second marriage mm-hmm. that's even better even richer absolutely even more full of love mm-hmm. than the first one absolutely mm-hmm. it's really amazing and that's you know relating to marriage but it could relate to any sort of friendship or relationship or oh, partnership yeah. that or you even have. relationships with uh, family members right yeah. Brothers or kids. Right. So you guys have different approaches overall to a lot of things. Yes. Joe, how would you describe your personality? It it changes so much from from I I have been gifted by God to be able to give whoever's in front of me a hundred percent at that time. I'm not great for like planning something a month out with me. Because but you're, I'm in so many mm-hmm. places between now right. and then. He's like a be here now guy. So if if, yeah. if if you're put in front of me, God draws out the very things that he's done in me that you're you're in need of. So depending on what's going on in the moment, uh, if you need compassion or mercy or somebody to listen or instruction like those 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 are all qualities that can come out Mm -hmm. it just really depends on the situation and and how yielded to the holy spirit you are i think more of my question is how do you describe yourself as i mean it's clear that you're extroverted because anybody that's met you they know you're a talker right i feel if i were to describe you i would say you're the conversation starter Mm -hmm. you see a need and you will like immediately, if you see someone struggling to tie their shoe, this is maybe an extreme example, you may jump in and help them Absolutely. tie their oh, yeah. shoe. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if you're in front of him, it's for a reason. 100%. <laughs> it's never by accident. Right. And you, you run into people that you know more than anybody I know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I can't tell if it's because, <laughs> because of God's divine intervention or because you're just all everywhere all the time yeah i think it's and everyone knows him i'm super aware too Mm -hmm. most often i see you before you see me all the time And if you think i didn't see you and you you act like you're not seeing me 
I've probably still seen you. Oh, yeah. Like, he's seen you ignore him and pretend you didn't see him. And, and I literally <laughs> made a pact with God. If I run into them around the third corner I take, I'm talking to them. Meanwhile, I am like, if I run into somebody and like I, I catch him out of my periphery, whatever <laughs> is on the back of the quinoa package just became real interesting. <laughs> Like yeah, ingredients. I am quinoa. You know what, Carlos? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I think I'm, I, I think I'm gonna order the rest of my grocery list online. Yeah. We'll just get what we got in the cart and mm-hmm. and, and we'll go wait in the parking lot for yeah. Him to load and the then car. there's head in the clouds over here who sees nobody ever mm-hmm. because I'm always like never looking at faces. So my my want to kind of stick to myself though is. I so this is how I classify like the three of us. You're an extrovert. Heidi is more introverted. I am a talkative introvert. Yeah. Meaning I cannot start the conversation. I it may kill me. But once you get me talking, good luck getting me to stop. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Heidi, you could stay quiet through a whole conversation. Absolutely. And just we, be like a backstage person. Yeah. We were just late because we had to stop at Sam's Club mm-hmm. and I seen somebody and I walked up and literally like started talking to them. They were unaware of who's behind them. Mm-hmm. He hugged a woman from the back. <laughs> Are you trying to get punched in the face? A woman I know that carries a firearm yeah. and is a very good shot. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, hey, don't don't spend too much money or something silly, you know. But we ended up talking for like an hour. Yeah. Um. And and God used that to bring out some very very spiritual conversation about some things that were going on. And then we ended up praying right there in the aisle. Yeah. So like there was people shopping for vacuum cleaners, mm-hmm. listening to us pray in the aisle. Right. And that's completely normal mm-hmm. because that's what God put us there for. Mm-hmm. And then on the way here, I was I was like, I was doing my thing where I kind of like overanalyzed the whole. He analyzes like, every conversation. Like, man, that was so done. weird. Mm-hmm. And like this happened, this happened. That's strange. Like, oh, I hope they didn't take that away from that conversation. If you do that on the way here, what are you going to do at two o'clock in the morning? <laughs> right. <laughs> And then Heidi's like, well, that was definitely divine because of this, this, and this happened. And that was definitely yeah. needed to happen. But, you know, it's it's that shift, too, where you're not just looking. So I'm not just, like, headhunting somebody to talk to because right. I just have to talk. It's It doesn't have anything to do with that. You're, um, you use discernment, though, and you're looking to have fruitful interactions with people. And I, I literally... Um, if I run into certain people like that one, I knew, like, if I run into this person, that's a God thing. Mm-hmm. Like, God wants something to happen there. Um, I did a, a quote today. I ended up spending two hours with this lady. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it was crazy because I literally walked in there, had the thought, okay, I'm just going to get in here, get these measurements, and get out of here because we got stuff mm-hmm. to do. And I literally had the thought, like, every time you think like this, you end up sharing your testimony. And I was yep, like, well, I'm definitely time. not, definitely not today. And I walked in and, like, I started measuring and we started talking. And then all of a sudden, we found common ground about something really quick. 
and then and then we ended up talking about one of my siblings and it was just before I know it we're talking about deliverance and she starts telling me how her brother's on hard drugs and it's scary to the whole family and um I was in the middle of telling her how like a lot of what we minister is hope for people like that. Mm-hmm. The ones that you think like, oh man, that's such a long shot. Right. Um, we can't, he doesn't receive from us. We can't speak to him like that. Um, so I was, I was sharing like that was my life. And then God came and he shook everything. Right. So we ended up talking about her sibling, her daughter, her son, like mm-hmm. all these things, uh, bullying that happened in high school. I mean, two hours of just talking. First time I've ever met this person in my entire life. Right. My last conversation with this person was I called and canceled the quote because of a snow event mm-hmm. last week, weather. So literally, sometimes when you when you have to cancel on somebody because of weather. They don't reschedule. They don't reschedule, or when you right. do reschedule, they look at you like, is this guy, uh, you know, is he punctual? Is right. he going to show up? Like, right. unreliable. Did he really need to cancel because of the weather? Because I still made it to work in the weather. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, you never know what you're going into in a conversation like that. And then all of a sudden, God opens these doors. And then by the time we're done talking, I'm walking out the door, and she's telling me how, well, tomorrow I got to drive six hours, so maybe I'll pull your podcast up. So, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen in that next conversation. Mm -hmm. If you avoid it, you may be avoiding one of their last opportunities for somebody to give them hope. Yeah. It's not about you anymore. Mm -hmm. You're not not doing this for you. And if you are, you're going to have a very, very boring Christian life and you're never going to feel saved. Yeah. You're always going to feel searching. Or successful. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're just going to feel searching all the time. But yep. when you when you have that shift, and it's not about whether you're a talkative person or not, you could go your whole life and have zero conversations, but if you have the right one, it was all worth it. Mm-hmm. Look at Noah. Mm-hmm. Lived all those years building an ark. Some theologians believe it had never rained up until that time because the atmosphere was perfect. And the dew that was presented in the ground in the morning was more than enough to water the plants and give them fresh drinking water and all this stuff. So he looked and sounded crazy to everybody mm-hmm. talking about rain and, and floods. He mm-hmm. looked crazy. So now all of a sudden, fast forward to this one act of, of intercession through what he did, mm-hmm. building that ark and saving humanity like pure bloodline, that was his qualifications. It it doesn't say he was like like a super special person. He he had purity. He was a boat builder. Nope. He, he had purity and he was a first time <laughs> boat builder. Yeah. Like and the first one he built was pretty good. Long time listener, first, first time caller. First, yeah, first, first and only boat he ever built and it was fantastic. But like you don't know if your conversation's gonna be that that arc. Mm. right that gets somebody through the storm Mm -hmm. it's funny because so like i feel like your interactions with people are tend to be very dynamic like that um heidi you've had experiences like that too if you're like me and i think you are (laughs) 
I feel like a lot of those interactions come from work. Yeah. Right. Because, which they do for you too. It's just that we're in such completely different lines of work. All of us. Yeah. Um, When people are already getting a little vulnerable to me by allowing me to just come in their personal home. Right. You know, or their business. But I'm not good at the conversation starting piece either though. Right. So I, and I need to work on it. I'm aware. First of all, if you're not good at something, then we just need to get better at it because we all can, we all can switch roles, right? If we need to. Yeah. Paul wasn't good at not killing Christians until he stopped killing Christians. Yeah. That's like the (laughs) most extreme example. Sometimes you got to work on it. Well, I'm just saying like when, when Ananias was told to go and like pray for his sight, he was like, "Ah, I don't know. We like, could have yeah, went with like guy kill us. anything. And he, right? like, <laughs> he loves Paul. He's always going to yeah, Paul. But like, don't say you're not good at something that you haven't worked at yet. Correct. So mm-hmm. maybe I need to take, maybe in 2023, I should take a how to start a conversation class. Yeah. I can fake it till I make it. I do feel like when we have like events and it's you and I, we feed off of off each of other, each other yeah. and it makes it easier we do to do as a group. Um, But when it comes to you, I feel like you're one of those people where once they, you have an attractive quality in that you can be, people can confide in you. Yeah. You're a good listener. Open door. Yeah. And Mm non-judgmental. And so that you're the person that is probably going to get. When you don't repeat. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's one big yeah. thing too is is Heidi trustworthy. Heidi l- will take your information and she'll she doesn't have any desire to talk anyway, so she's not going to share <laughs> I don't your tell information anybody. or hers. <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> yeah, because I'm your best friend of how many how many years? Like twenty twenty years so at many. least twenty one, yeah. and I find out with the rest of the church when somebody gives a testimony like, and I <laughs> messaged Heidi for prayer. I didn't know. Um, <laughs> But she's very trustworthy in that respect. I feel like you're the person, though, that you're getting like the constant like, hey, please, can you please pray for me? Yes. And Absolutely. people are constantly reaching out like behind I, the scenes. And I don't get tired of it. Right. You don't turn people away. Yeah. And stop responding or ghost them. Because mm-hmm. I, I understand a lot of what it's like to just mm-hmm. be in that really bad place for a certain amount of time or feeling really hopeless. Like I know what it's like to feel hopeless. So with me, I just have a heart for people when they need a prayer request. I don't care what it is. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to, I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to try to provide you an answer. And like I said, I'm not good at starting conversations or walking up to strangers, but if you, if you were a complete stranger and you walk up to me and say something where like, you know, you start the conversation, I will fully engage. Right. I just have trouble doing it the other way around. But then once I get to know you, mm-hmm. then it's a it's a different story. We did take the Enneagram uh, personality test like what a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and you and I were exact opposites, which was absolutely no surprise. Correct. Yeah. But the way that the Enneagram works, it's not like witchcraft or anything weird. You can look it up. But uh, it there's a lot of biblical applications that people will make. Like they'll kind of associate scripture with the descriptions and whatnot but kind of what it describes is when you're operating in in the your healthiest version of yourself mm-hmm. um you kind of become me yep and i become you mm-hmm. 
which is hilarious <laughs> for anybody that's known enough known us for any amount of time. Yeah. But I think back to I mean, you've always been very introverted, not a conversation starter, but it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> I'm not going to say chased. You pursued a woman downtown <laughs> on the side of the street because you were going to pray for her. Yeah. And that is like, that's how you know that it's God because Heidi, Heidi would never do that. Right. In the natural, like Heidi. Yeah. But... Well, this lady- God through Heidi would do that. He's going to go after the one. Mm-hmm. This woman was just, she was just asked to leave the emergency room. Right. In the hospital too. <laughs> See, and like humans are not going to be like, that lady was just asked to leave the emergency room. I'm going to go find out what she's what she's, she's up got to. A, she's got a shaved head. <laughs> um, she's looking like she's just been in a fight. She just was asked to leave the ER. Um, usually, if, if you're asked to leave the ER, um, they either think you're there seeking... Like a substance. Pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. you know, like A abuse. drug seeker. Yeah. Yeah, so, so at that moment, most people are, they're like, oh my God, don't come near my car, don't ask for money. Mm-hmm. And when, when you get out of idolatry with yourself and who you are and, and what you're entitled to. Um, your view of society changes and then you don't see somebody as a taker. You see somebody with need. Mm-hmm. So to, to go and pursue that person, you're the one person that whole day that probably looked at her with worth. Right. And she was really taken really off guard by it. Yeah. Like she tried to walk off on her. She mm-hmm. went, no, she never stopped. Like until the very end. Like I was basically running with her. Yeah, I was like over city block. You're like, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. Could you please? <laughs> yeah. Just take a break, ski. Yeah. <laughs> Can we take a knee? <laughs> yeah. But you, I mean, even the pursuit is is probably ministered to her. Like she probably already walked off on several people. Mm-hmm. But how many of them went after her? Yeah. And stuck with it long enough. So it's interesting because you mentioned getting better at starting conversations. Mm-hmm. But I think. Well, that that whole situation is a good learning situation, too, mm-hmm. because not only did she finally get her to stop and pray. Then when Heidi prayed for her, she allowed Heidi to pray for her. And then Heidi said, is there anything else I can pray for? And she looked her dead in the eye and she goes, yeah, pray that I find meth because that's the only thing that balances me out. That's the only thing that makes the voices stop. Or, yeah. And at that point, then it, it was like, wow, this is why we're here. That's probably the moment where maybe we, there should have been two of us. God sent them out two by two. Yeah, possibly. Because possibly mm-hmm. the one that got delivered from a substance thing was like, mm-hmm. who knows? You know, that right. potentially could have been like him where he's like, I got delivered mm-hmm. from alcoholism. When you, want, somebody, you want out? When somebody walks away, though, I guarantee you, because of your authority spiritually, those voices were were interrupted the whole time you were talking with Yeah. Them. So she probably walked away that night and was like, man, that one girl that chased me down the street, these things couldn't talk to me when she was there. Mm-hmm. People do notice that stuff later. Like, wait a minute, I felt peace for a minute there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because if you're not expecting an interaction like that or an encounter like that, it can be somewhat jarring or surprising. And so then after you, after the adrenaline goes down and you kind of settle down a little bit, then Mm -hmm. you start to recall things. You can't, you can't look to, you know, you can't look to receive a gift you have no knowledge of. Mm -hmm. You can't be like Christ unless you learn who Christ was. Yeah. So if somebody wants peace in their life, they have to encounter peace, Mm -hmm. even on the smallest of scales. Mm -hmm. The smallest bit of peace in a shattered, fractured life filled with demonic voices is going to feel like an eternity of peace in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to be left with a hunger for that peace from that point forward. And that's the peace we're supposed to steward. Like you said earlier, the the peace that surpasses all human understanding. It's, It's... the Prince of Peace. Jesus was called Mighty Counselor, Prince of Peace. Yeah. So when we steward Jesus and we come to people and we put ourselves in a position to do what he's called us to do, they encounter Jesus through us. Mm-hmm. So when you have an encounter like that, it's not vain. It's not of no effect. You didn't miss it. You didn't fail because you didn't see a life transformed right in a moment. Mm-hmm. Those things happen. It's amazing when they do. But sometimes you're plowing. You just literally drove a, a plowshare into hard ground in a place that was work to get to and other people weren't taking the time to do it. Yeah. And then, boom, all of a sudden that person gets just a moment, a glimpse, right? And it gives them something to seek out from, from here going forward. Mm-hmm. But we have to be, we have to be available. Mm-hmm. It's not about, well, if I if I take the time to do this, I'm going to miss my appointment over here, man. Yeah. If I if I take the time to do this, then I'll be late for this, or oh, I got to go get ki- some, some dinner on for the kids. Your kids ain't starving. We live in America. Our mm-hmm. poor people get like food shares, mm-hmm. like they don't get that in Mozambique. It's mm-hmm. whatever nice person shows up with the rice is what they get if they get anything. So we're not in a nation that has the lack of like a third world country. So we we don't have the entitlement to to not be inconvenienced with our Christianity. Well, I mean, you guys mentioned, though, too, you don't earmuff the kids, no. right? And you don't leave them on the sideline. No. And they're with you in ministry. Yeah. And that's an important lesson. First of all, you, you're you able to, at an early age, teach them to view people through the eyes of Christ rather than through cynicism and fear and judgment. Mm-hmm. And you, you're able to instill in them the principle of how can we help these people? Yeah. They're clearly troubled. Mm-hmm. And they get to walk through those situations with you and get just as excited about evangelism as you do. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now you see Max stepping out oh, he's on like, his own. He's like Joe Jr. Right. We we just when we when we left tonight, um, mom and dad brought Jasmine back because she wanted to be with us tonight. So when they she's dropped here, her she's off, she's very quiet though. <laughs> yeah. When they dropped her off, she gets in the car. We're going out to hit the interstate, and she's talking. She's like, oh, yeah, today while I was pr- 
praying, it was revealed to me about my fast, blah, blah, blah. That's our nine-year-old. <laughs> right. I wasn't saying we, we've like been that, dealing. Nine. We've been dealing corporately with people at church that can't figure out what to hear God about on their fast. I'm not putting anybody down or saying that they don't hear from God, but I'm saying that environment of knowing that you can hear from God at such a young age is mm-hmm. so important. Mm-hmm. It's so important at any age to know that, that you right. hear from God. But then yeah. to, to hear a nine-year-old say, yeah, I, I, I was praying and I heard this. Okay, at nine, you're recognizing the voice of your, your, your shepherd, mm-hmm. your heavenly father. His, his sheep will know his voice, right? It's not, oh, dad, I, what, what is God saying to me, dad? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, I'd be happy to try and de- de- decipher or discern what God's speaking to my children. I would love to be a part of that. But it's really exciting to me to hear those words unprovoked. Yeah. Right. We weren't sitting in the car trying to it show off to anybody. To try, yeah. It wasn't a parlor trick to, you know, make mm-hmm. old people at the church giggle. Like, I've seen kids do that stuff. Right. Yeah. They walk away from the Lord later in life too mm-hmm. because it, it wasn't it wasn't legitimate. Right. It it, it wasn't sincere. It was surface. Yeah. yeah. When it's like a puppet show. But when it's your right. own personal it's performative. Yeah. When it's your own personal real. prayer life mm-hmm. and you're just talking in regular conversation about what God said today, I can take from that. Like Right. I and can receive from that. You know, there's something to be said too for Pastor Lynette. Shout out, mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was the one praying with her today. Well, she she has always, to steal Joe's phrase, cultivated an environment where you're encouraged to step out. Mm-hmm. She encourages body ministry. She takes yep. time. Like her uh, pastors, both of them, take time in our service for body ministry. Like who's hearing from God right now? What are What is the Holy Spirit telling you? Yeah. If If you don't hear anything, start praying in the Spirit. Yeah. And <laughs> I look at Heidi because it was not that long ago that we were having a move in our service. <laughs> and this is like a perfect example yeah. of, of mom. A message in tongues came. Yes. And I, I was at the piano like, uh-huh, and? <laughs> right? <laughs> and all of a sudden... I don't think anybody could see it except her. My hands started shaking uncontrollably. And I was like, oh, man. Power of God. I was like, Joe. (laughs) Like in my head. And I was like, Tim, come on. (laughs) And I'm looking at at dad and he's he's like just praying, just basking (laughs) in the presence of God. Yeah, basking in the glory. Heidi is like, is it it me? Is it me? (laughs) And I could tell she was like, is it me? I got... I got nothing. Got nothing. And I was like, it's one of you. <laughs> like internally screaming. No, it it was me. So then she's like, well, I mean, I guess play another song. And I look at her and I was like, I think it's me. And she was like, well, then do it. Do <laughs> yeah. it. And I was like, I can't. And she's like, do it now. Do it. Say it. <laughs> literally during church. Yeah. This is literally happening yeah. real time. And she's like stage momming me a little bit, but she's like, do it. Just do it. Don't think about it. Just do it. That is like the most valuable. You need a coach like her. Yeah. Let me tell you. She's like, no, it's not stupid. You're not stupid. Everything's fine. Just go, go, go. 
and then I did it. Yeah. <sighs> I yep. look, I, I could not get relief from the shaking. Mm-hmm. I can't even, I was told later that I kept playing. I don't, I, you did. It was like an out of body. Out of body. Yeah, absolutely. And then, the processor, me afterwards, I'm like, like with a notebook. All right, so tell me step by step exactly what that felt like. A hundred percent. We had lunch that day. You were like, so what did it come like? Mm-hmm. How did you hear How did it? that go? So I delivered this interpretation, and I mean, that's the first time I had ever done that. I gave, I've given one message in tongues before. Yep, and, and it happened the same exact way where you felt like you were going to explode. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And she's like, do it, do it, go, go. Yep. <laughs> and. Man, if you are like sitting on the sidelines somewhere and you're like, put me in coach. Yeah. She's going to put you in the game. But yeah. Um, when you have to, that's huge to have people that trust too enough to do that. Because mm-hmm. it, it's not just you. It's it's anybody. Right. They would do that with anybody to get them free mm-hmm. so that they're productive with the giftings and callings on their lives so that they walk into the call in their life because if you leave and you get called into some other body somewhere you might be the one that now has had that experience mm-hmm. where that gift can operate freely in that body yeah right and some people don't like the whole don't push me into a corner type of of mm-hmm. stuff but some sometimes horn. you need a little push oh yeah like sometimes you're never gonna get out of that comfort zone until somebody shoves you a little bit. Yeah, every time I hear somebody like, "Oh, I'm gonna go away to this this ministry school because they go out in the streets and they do this and they have such freedom," I'm like, "If if you're not doing it here, you're not gonna do it there." Right. So if you can't push yourself that here, everything, and if you don't have people yeah. around you that you trust to lead you out here, what's gonna change in geography? Right. Like what is happening on that side of the states that you feel is going to equip you better than what you're doing mm-hmm. here because you're going to do the same thing no matter where you go. You're just going to be a spectator mm-hmm. and then you're going to feel inadequate and then you're going to start finding something wrong with the way they do it and then you're going to be like, well, I need to go back over here because at least over there, those people, they weren't faking it like these people because these people, obviously, now that I'm here, I can see that they're they're right. no better than those people back there. Yeah, you end up just discouraged everywhere unless you allow yourself to be pushed out. You yep. you have to have mm-hmm. the the idea of somebody called of God that you have a respect for, mm-hmm. and God put that there, and He says, "Okay, this is what you can be, and even more." Like Elisha, you're going to have a double portion, but you got to follow Elijah. Elijah didn't have a double portion, mm-hmm. but he knew if it was from God that God would make it happen. So he was like, all right, follow me then. And then he tried to ditch him a bunch of times. Like, okay, you stay here. And the sons of prophets were like, oh, Elijah might disappear over there. And then he'd be like, I better go. And he'd go with them. So like you, you have to find somebody like that that can disciple and mentor you. Mm-hmm. That's not going to leave you the way you are. That's not going to be the the mediator in between you and God. They're going to teach you to hear the voice of God so that you're not always asking them what God's saying. Mm-hmm. You know, something that came up in, for me while you were saying that is like when people hear what what we do for our day jobs, any of us, they're like, 
Well, that's how does that apply to ministry, right? But I feel like so often people despise the the spot that they're in, and they're so they're so eager and anxious to do the next thing, move to the next thing. They want to move across the country and go to ministry school, which is fine if you're called Absolutely, to do fine. that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely follow the call. But how often are people trying to make something happen on their own rather than looking at the place that they're in? And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't want to speak for you, <laughs> Heidi, mm-hmm. but I feel like you and I both know that our day jobs are not our calling. Correct. But... In being in our day jobs, we're able to, first of all, learn very applicable skills. Yeah. I've learned a lot of things at my day job that I've applied to the ministry. I mean, if nothing else, public speaking. Absolutely. Right? Because we present to people all day long about Absolutely. every topic. Um, making connections in that way. Um, just overall, like technical stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, things that like... You need to know yeah. in this day and age. And we're able to glean what we need to mm-hmm. from where we are right now. And then when presented the opportunity mm-hmm. to minister to people and yeah. create connections, we do. Yeah. And I think that that's the same thing in church, right? People are like, y- you should never despise small beginnings. Right. And if you're faithful in those little things then God's going to give you much, right? Mm -hmm. And like if he can entrust, Max and I were just talking about this because one of the worst things ever is like a get to know you discussion, chat Mm -hmm. with people, right? And he was in a conversation with other students his age. Yeah. Nightmare in high school. Like you're just going to shove teenagers in a room and tell them to get to know one another. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. And I, they're but all going to give you the version <laughs> they think you want to know. Yeah, I and he was like, "This is the worst." Yeah. And I was like, "It is." Did he say what he said? No, oh, I was curious. No, he didn't. But he was like, "This is, I don't know, man. This is not for me." And I said, "Would it help you to think about it as a training mm-hmm. for ministry? Because you feel called to ministry, right?" Mm-hmm. But this is an opportunity to like break the ice with people and start a conversation. Yeah. And that's really hard to do in real life, but you're getting an opportunity to practice. Yeah. And just changing your perspective sometimes. Yeah. And appreciating the spot that you're in Mm -hmm. while remaining open to change Mm -hmm. and movement, Mm -hmm. but taking time to recognize the place that you're in currently and look for opportunities within that. Yeah. When God put you there. Right. You know, so, and then if you feel God didn't put you there, well, scripture says God makes all things work together for his good, for those who are called according to his purpose and that Mm -hmm. love him. So even if it was a bad situation that put you there, you still have legal right to that working out for the good Mm -hmm. of God. Yeah. School, work. You name it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If if you, I don't know, if you have to awkwardly introduce yourself or say, we, we did a thing with like a bunch of youth one time where we're like, okay, we just want everybody in the room to write down their, their one asset, that one quality about yourself that mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you feel is like above all the others is, what, is something that really shines. Was that the same night? Yeah, that, not a pen touch of paper for 45 minutes. But was that the, was they folded up pieces of paper and we put them in a thing? I think so. That was the same night that the power of God hit all those kids. Was it? Yes. Because literally after so long, we were like, okay, anonymously everybody writes something about one person in the room, one quality, one asset. They're like, they're going to know my handwriting. Everybody, (laughs) everybody in the room wrote about the same two boys. Really? And it was the two that probably had the most problems out of everybody and the least confidence. Isn't that funny? And, And all of it was superficial like love his shoes he's got a cool car um like the way he combs his hair like really like zero personality (laughs) like there's nothing about their personality that stands out it's just literally their t-shirt that's funny and the shoes they wear but that that should speak to who we how we see ourselves too like, why is it that we don't look in a mirror and be like, man, I really, I love that about myself. Mm-hmm. Like, God did that. God put that there. Right. Like, I can tell that's where I see God in myself because because he put that there. And, and that's one thing I do like about me because God made that that way. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't we see things that way? And talk about recognizing yourself in Christ. That That's a hard hurdle to get over in your brain. Mm-hmm. So we were at a funeral this weekend and I haven't seen any of these people since my dad passed on. So, I mean, it was like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And then prior to them seeing before that was like probably 10, 15 years. Like it's just, you see certain people only at funerals basically. Right. And this gentleman comes up to me and we're chit-chatting and he says, man, I can barely look at you because when I look into your eyes, and when you smile, all I can see is your dad. And that like, that broke me. Mm-hmm. There is, because n- he's been gone for five years. And so when someone comes up to me and says, I look like him right. when I'm smiling and when I have that little sparkle in my eye, mm-hmm. that is, that's like, that's like such a deep connection that I still can feel mm-hmm. with my earthly father. And it like hit me so hard. I actually had to sit down because I was like ready to like ugly cry. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, I started to think, I hold so much value in that with my earthly father, but do I hold that same value in my heavenly father? Ooh. If someone would come up to me and say, I can, all I can see is Jesus and your smile and your eyes, right. would I have that same type of deep rooted, just proudness and gushing out of mm-hmm. me that I could just ball at any like you second. Need to sit down. Yeah. Right? yeah. There it's it I kinda had like a moment mm-hmm. where I was like, I need to I need to tap into this a little bit more because I need to feel that same exact way that mm-hmm. I felt on on Saturday about my earthly father and how I look like him as my heavenly father. Because when people smile and when they when they see the sparkle in their eyes, they should see Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when people get a compliment and say, I see Jesus in you, that should just bring something up in you of such a proud child moment where you're like, I look like my father right now. Right. It was really intense. Wow. A lot of us can't get there mentally. Right. Ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of us can't take a compliment either. Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking about that tonight. Mm -hmm. Like even how to respond. Yeah. Right. 
you know, and like, you don't want to do this whole, oh, you know, it's God. Like, no, yeah. he made you. It's mm-hmm. all God. <laughs> yeah. But it's he, hard. I he will made say. You, he made you. You're the object of his affection. Yeah. And he made you. And, and the scripture says that he'll give you a measure of his glory. Mm-hmm. So we should be able to walk in that without conceit and without um, being a rude human being and just know that we're no no new age like i am god garbage right. like no. none of that no. but like to understand that we are co-laboring with the holy spirit yeah and and to be able to just take a compliment of like wow you know thank you like mm-hmm. i i'm i'm really honored that you see that and then later in your prayer time give it back to god and be like god that was totally you that gave I think me that's that. the important part is what you do with it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we talked about this at length when we talked in our last episode where we talked about worship, but it is a challenge. Um, as someone who's served in the worship ministry for years and years, I'm probably one of those people that <laughs> people are like, oh my gosh, worship was so awesome today. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it was Jesus. It mm-hmm. wasn't me. <laughs> I like Bill Johnson's take on that. <laughs> He's know? like, uh, nope. If Jesus saying that, then then atmospheres and and whole solar systems and everything else would have been made. Like, yeah, it wasn't agreed. That good. Yeah, it wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. But yeah, I'm we just have the to vessel. Learn. The Lord working through me. We need to learn how to take a like a compliment, yeah. and then later on be like, God, I, I, I think thank I just you yeah. for allowing me to be a part of this. Right. That's what we need to do. I rather than feeling like conviction because that's to me yeah. that's what happens is I feel convicted because yeah. I want so badly for that interaction to be between the worshiper and God yeah that I I don't want to be the interrupt well, we, <clears throat> at least you don't have what happens to me hmm. I drag my feet all the way there I like like all right God if there be if there be any other way let this cup pass from me. <laughs> And then all of a sudden I end up in this like two hour conversation with somebody and they're like, oh my gosh, like I've been praying about this and this makes so much sense and thank you, Jesus. And I, I can't believe we had this conversation and man, you're such a good person for just being available to do things like this. And this is mm-hmm. so cool that you're doing this. And I'm like sitting there thinking like, you have no idea how bad I just drug my feet in disobedience I before I got here. Yeah, we've all been there. And then I have to like humbly walk away and be like, Lord, I repent. Honest to God, how many times have we reluctantly gone into something? I mean, we've done events. That turned out great. We've yeah. done events and Heidi and I have been like, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. And was so reluctant because maybe people were less than enthused the last time or it's just been a big challenge. But then we walk through it. And we come out on the other end and we're like, and lives were changed. People got touched and mm-hmm. we had no. But we're human. Mm-hmm. You know, we we we'll always do things based off of our experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're we're going to take what happened last time to the, to the fight, you know, and that's in our little bag of tricks is like, oh, I know what this person's capable of. Yeah. And in all actuality, we got to be humble and yielded because. Yeah. God gave us that chance. Like he knew our yeah. terrible personality and downfalls before we ever got there. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know what? You're deserving of this and, and we're not. Right. And, and he gave it to us anyway. You know, what's interesting too is 
listening to you guys kind of talk and thinking about how you function and operate, then I start to think about myself. <laughs> and it's very, it's very different because I don't have, I don't have the same type of ministry as either of you, whatever it is. I mean, I'm often just, you know, corralled into the music ministry and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's so like, if you ever listen to Randy Clark when he's teaching at like uh, big healing schools or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the prophetic is always on the arts and the music side. Mm-hmm. 90% more people in arts and music uh, flow freer than the prophetic gifts than people that are in other. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have somebody that's a pastor, um, you, you don't often hear them outspoken with words of knowledge. Mm-hmm. They're they're like fathering people. Right. They're telling them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times them and the people in the role of teacher have to come in correction. Mm-hmm. But when you when you move in in the the musical giftings and worship, you're already pressed into the very areas where you're you're going to be likely to hear God's voice mm-hmm. and hear him speak because you're already pressing into his atmosphere instead of him pressing into yours. Mm-hmm. So when you get into a, a worshipful mindset and surrender, that's where you'll have those prophetic giftings mm-hmm. and callings. That's where you'll have the tongues and interpretation mm-hmm. or the words and knowledge or, or the spontaneous music where you're yeah, just prophesying. prophesying. Mm-hmm. Cause there's, there's different types of tongue. Right. And the prophetic, a lot of times that, you know, you minister through song. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting because I feel like that is one part of who I am, mm-hmm. but then there's a different part that's only come to be more recently. And Heidi and I were talking about this one day because I spoke at like the women's Mm -hmm. breakfast, which was really the first time I had prepared a message and delivered it. And Heidi and I, I, it was like not, we weren't like actively, (laughs) we didn't call each other to compare and contrast, but it just kind of came about where we were discussing like, Heidi could dig in, man, and she could do like a 15 part series on a topic Mm -hmm. and like prepare PowerPoint presentations and like really dig in and give handouts. Yes. And all of that. Right. I am more like I'm going to I'm going to deliver this succinct sentence. Like. Phrase. Mm hmm in amount hit, hit and run <laughs> baby uh i called it a precise cut um <laughs> i i don't i don't have the same unction to do the in-depth sort of thing mm-hmm. but um more observant maybe and i think you know people will call you guys for prayer things like that i you know i don't in full transparency people don't really call me for prayer i mean people will say to me like if i work with them or whatever hey please please pray. Mm-hmm. But people don't call me for prayer. Not even you two. <laughs> yeah. But that, that, that's an but. area too, where we're, we're very, um, 
we're transparent and open in those areas too. I, like, we so make it available. Every conversation, if somebody tells me something, I'm mean, like, I'll pray about that. I'll pray about that. I'll yeah. pray about that. I'll pray about that. We, and then these people end up coming around mm-hmm. with them. And we've gotten to a place too where um, if you tell us about something that you want prayer for and you don't want prayer in the middle of Target mm-hmm. or Walmart, then you might not tell us that it's you want ve- prayer. It's very much like, hey, can you guys pray? And they're like, yes, absolutely, right now. Yep. Well, yeah, because like, your oh, hand. oh, the conviction, oh, okay. the <laughs> conviction <laughs> of the Holy Spirit hits, and it's like, yeah, don't you tell them you'll pray and not pray later. Well, then I'll pray right now. Right. Because we'll forget if we don't. I yeah. I literally, if 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 it's right in front of me, we should do it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no point in you going home and hoping that I prayed. Mm-hmm. Or wondering if I prayed. If yeah, we I don't just spent 10 wonder. minutes past mm-hmm. that talking about things that are of no nature of of eternity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. These, every, uh, every prayer request you bring to me is now a matter of eternity. Yeah. Like what, it, right. what could stem from us not praying if God just allowed us to have this conversation about prayer about something? Uh you need your your son needs prayer. They got a broken leg. We pray right now. God does a miracle. He stays on track to ministry and reaches thousands of people. Awesome. We don't pray right now. He goes through awful things, disgruntled. God provided a way out. We didn't we didn't capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. And now he walks away from the Lord for 3 years. Yeah. Like let's just not take the chance. Mm-hmm. I will say though, though people may not call me I'm not like their first thought for like prayer. I just about everybody will call me and ask me to help them with something. Oh yeah. Like, will you help me with this thing? Yep. Do you know how to do this? Can, 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 how can I do this? What is this? What do you know about this? And Carlos and I have gotten into not arguments, but like not even scuffles, just discussions before because he, he gets very protective. Mm hmm. And, um, where he's like, you know, everybody, like everybody's asking you for this, that, and the other thing. And if I can do it, I will. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm that person. Yeah. If I can figure it out, I will. Mm-hmm. If I can help you, any earthly applicable skill that I have is I'm going to throw it in the the ring all of the time. Right. Heidi knows this. You can call me and we will workshop something, girl. It's funny i i don't drink coffee anymore but Mm -hmm. i used to drink coffee and i'm an early bird well actually you become more of an early bird than me now yes but through training myself it would be like seven o'clock in the morning and i'd have like a cup of coffee in me Mm -hmm. and it's ideas time like i'm i'm gonna change my life today (laughs) i'm I'm gonna completely 100 change my diet or i'm gonna completely change my lifestyle or like the kids is choreless are getting totally Mm -hmm. revamped like every morning would be like a brainstorming session Mm -hmm. and i would constantly call her and i'd be like okay I got this, this, and this going yeah. on. And like, think? she would just spitball with me. She's like, let's do this, 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 and this. Yeah. And even today, Joe had an issue with Facebook. And what does he say? He's like, how do I do this? I'm like, I don't know. Call Christina. Right. <laughs> I'm like tech support, <laughs> Carlos and I. No, but really, and I feel like that in and of itself is a ministry. I think yeah. there's a ministry of beautification. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about that much. But there is there is a ministry in helping people Shout out Odessa. Well, so we just talked about this on mm-hmm. the, at the funeral. 
Helping people with hair, makeup, yeah. making themselves look nice, building confidence. Because there's something that happens to people when they sit in that chair. Yeah. They just like mm-hmm. gush. They just like tell it all. They do. It's it's very interesting, actually. Yes. And there's there's something to be said for building people up in their confidence to be able to minister to others, to be able to get a job, to go through life and feel good about themselves. Yeah. Um, there's a ministry in that and, and it, you know, I've always wanted, I've had a desire to study it out more because they talk about how like Queen Esther, they took such, they went through such lengths to prepare themselves in the way that they looked and smelled and, and, you know, their hair and well, they, all of that. And there's a, there's a real ministry in, in, in even just giving people nail care, like pedicures and stuff you know there's first of all a certain type of person that can minister to other people in that way absolutely um there's people that can minister through hospitality yes so there's some people that just love getting in there and helping do dishes and they help clean up and they help make food and all that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. that is a ministry yeah there's people that have a heart for people that are in like nursing homes Mm -hmm. well you're called for the equipping of the saints Mm mm-hmm so equipping of the saints does not just mean to equip them with John 3.16 so that they can go out and try and convert people. That's mm-hmm. a massive part of being a functioning body and seeing new congregates and people come in and have relationship with Christ. But equip the saints, equip people to have a confidence in a skill set yeah. so that they have something to bring to the table in conversation so they don't feel inadequate in every situation, it is so important to have a skill set. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what happened with with the the disciples, they all came from some skill set. Whether it was a tax collector, uh, whether it was a fisherman. a fisherman, or the thing is, is is being equipped. The equipping, you know, in in discerning those gifts. Mm-hmm. Like somebody's got a gift of hospitality or. Somebody's got a gift when it comes to like the office of the church and being yeah. able to do those things. It's it's super important to be able to discern those things. And then that also keeps the ministry or pastor from wearing all the hats. Yeah. There's so many guys and gals out there running churches that think they have to wear all the hats and all the coats. And then they're so bogged down with all this responsibility because they're also the church janitor that they're they're low functioning mm-hmm. when it comes to like the gifts that they're really called to. Yeah, because you can't do everything. No, and then you end up mm-hmm. where you you can't see not being in control of everything once you've got it all right. set your way, mm-hmm. and and then th- it leaves all these these saints jobless when it mm-hmm. comes to serving. So yeah. being able to equip the saints and and get people in a position where where they are vulnerable with their skill set. And, you know, that's, I guess, my perspective has always been, if I have an applicable skill that I can throw at this problem or help people in some way, I'm going to do it. And where Carlos and I have landed in our discussions is I will consistently say, I'm not ever going to stand accountable for if someone else showed me gratitude or what they did with what I gave them or anything, anything else, 
I will stand accountable someday for what I, how I stewarded my gifts. Well, and your reward isn't going to come from that anyway. No. And that's at the end of the day, I, I just always come back to that. Like do all things as unto the Lord. Yeah. And it's, it's not up to me how someone receives my help or my gift. That's right. It's, it's only that I'm obedient and giving it. That's right. right? I've had that same revelation in the past couple months. Yeah. I told Joe, like, if I, if we have, like, a quickening or something to ask somebody to dinner or to do this or to send somebody a text or give them a call or something and mm-hmm. they don't respond or they say no, I said, that's fine because we did what we were supposed to do yep. and it's out of our hands at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's resulted in a lot of last-minute dinners. Like, <laughs> oh, hey, we can come. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no. Okay. So knowing that you guys have slightly different ministry styles, what's what's a good piece of advice that you can give to other people in working together and peacefully and furthering the kingdom? Oh, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. Y- y- if you. If you feel weight, then you're self-serving. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just like your thought life. If... If if you're battling thoughts that make you feel bad, those thoughts probably weren't yours mm-hmm. because you love Jesus mm-hmm. and your thoughts would reflect that. Those those were probably thoughts of the enemy that were strategically placed there to throw you off. Um, if if you know you're to, to be in a, a serving situation and it becomes inconvenient to you, then you have to think about who you're serving. Or stressful or anxious. Mm-hmm. I heard someone say this last week they said if you are met with if you encounter a thought that starts with but what if that's from the enemy a hundred percent of the time that's from the enemy yep Mm -hmm. but what if that never comes from the holy spirit yeah so if you're just starting out in ministry and you have opportunity somebody invites you to dinner somebody invites you to do something take as many of those opportunities as you can and put yourself in in a position of of a servant, a bond servant, where you mm-hmm. expect nothing back, mm-hmm. and get in there and serve because you can't complain about something you've never been subjected to. And I guarantee you, if you serve with the heart and the mind of Christ, you won't complain when you're done. What was your question? Advice to people. Well, yeah. So advice to people that have opposite yeah. personalities in ministry. I would say to value each other's personalities. Mm-hmm. So when you have opposites in a relationship, there's actually, there's just as much friction as there is peaceable moments, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because when you have very different types of ways that you um, just are, are mm-hmm. everything that you deal with and how things come out differently when you're completely different like that. And and me and Joe's situation, we are every uh, 90% of the time, every way that we deal with situations is a completely different platform. Answers. The answer is always the same. Correct. It's the same Holy spirit, but our paths to get there. Look, look how we see fit to get there. looks very different. Yeah. And so sometimes we get into like a judgment zone where it's like, He's like with me, like, why are you not just getting this? And with him, I'm like, why can't you just like stop for a second and like think mm-hmm. about this? And so lots of friction will come from that. But instead of valuing the fact that he is like very quick 
to mm-hmm. the response and he, and he knows it right from the get-go and him valuing the, pro- the moment that like, I just need to think about this for a second and mm-hmm. to process this instead of valuing those pieces because what happens is together we end up making the perfect, yeah. the perfect circle. Mm-hmm. I can't afford to take the time to look at what the enemy is doing and she can't afford to not take inventory and a chance missing a very important piece to the mm-hmm. puzzle before we get to the finished product. Absolutely. Yeah. So to be able to put and combine both of those so that one, yes, you have a sense of urgency to get to the finished product so that God can begin a creative work in somebody's life. And then two, also have humility and patience on that road to get there so you don't come off as haughty or arrogant. Mm-hmm. Because people don't want to be uh, talked down to or or led to feel less than. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that's the the great thing about what God does is he he gives this grace to people who are undeserving of it. Yeah, and and we have to be uh, good stewards of that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if if we have grace in our life, it's going to look like we have grace in our life. Yeah. you'll know them by their fruit. Yeah. So, so I would say it to value it, to value absolutely. the difference that each other is and actually just be okay with it and actually think that the other person is able to speak into your situation and but vice versa. Encourage each other in, in your process. And as well. even with um like me where I'm more I'm more of like the teacher mm-hmm. and he's more of the evangelist. And so him being able to like spark conversation versus me spark the conversation, Joe, and then I'll take them after. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of playing off of each other like that, a lot of, the, like, I, I went through a season where we always say season. Yeah, that's church culture. <laughs> I went through God's a time. God's working with me in this season. <laughs> uh, where I was, I was, I got into self-condemnation because I was jealous of what he was. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be that. I wanted to be that outspoken just called it like it is, just got in everybody's face and just said it, got it done and been done with it. Like I wanted to become his personality. And so when I, when I, when I wasn't becoming that, it just ended up in Mm -hmm. self-condemnation and and frustration. And I ended up doing nothing with it instead of just embracing the way that you are and figuring out where you fit in in that piece. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you can learn. Like if you want to become more of the extrovert person, then just do it. Like learn how to do it and do it. But really value. Sometimes it can sound very like cavalier to say like, just do it. And the reason I say just do it is because I've had to do it. Right. Like I have moments where I'm at home if I can like really be one on one with somebody and just like mm-hmm. talk with them and them talk back to me and us just have like this this amazing beautiful yeah. symphony of an of a conversation, yeah. that's where I thrive. But then there have been moments where I've gotten pushed to preach on a Sunday. Well, I don't public speak, mm-hmm. and so I was like, nope, that's not happening. I'm behind the scenes, girl. Like this is not happening. So, right. but when you are, and that's the thing where sometimes you need to just like chill out like calm down okay and just let people push you a little bit in Mm -hmm. certain situations because when i see potential in you that you don't see in yourself and when i was pushed in those moments to become like more of the extrovert Mm -hmm. where i'm up front talking to a whole bunch of people i didn't die i didn't pass out like i didn't 
all the things that I thought was going to happen. Right. Like none of those happened. I may have like screwed up my words a lot of the times. But like <laughs> or got tongue tied, but laugh about it and move on. Yeah. And now we've done it for almost a full year now. But once you once you create a new routine, that thing then becomes your normal. But also study if you want to develop a skill. This is this is my piece of advice. If you want to develop a skill, f- study how people do it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So watch if you want to be an evangelist, you start to pay attention to how people evangelize. Yes. And you start to listen to how they start conversations. Yeah. Listen to the way that they approach people. Spend time as an apprentice, basically, yeah. even if you have to do it for yourself, you go find these people on YouTube yeah. or Instagram or whatever. And you, when you admire someone else's ministry, you can learn a lot from them Absolutely. If in the music ministry, hundred billion percent, mm-hmm. right? We can, it's very easy in that re- ministry to learn from other people, the way that they sing, the way that they play, yeah. the way that they write music. The same applies to everything. If you're in the media ministry or you have a desire to be, mm-hmm. get in there and do research. Yeah. Teach yourself. Build your own skill set. Find people online that you can connect with or watch what they do and learn from them. That's that's a big piece. So when when what I was saying is when you say just do it, part of it is that. Mm-hmm. It's like partner up with people. If you're in a big church and you have the opportunity to say, can I be mentored? Yep. Ask. Yep. And if, if you pray about it, like, God, Oh, I want to, I want to evangelize. I want to have boldness. And then all of a sudden you find yourself around five really bold people that kind of irritate you. Mm -hmm. You're probably irritated because you're jealous. Mm hmm. And you're misreading what God did. Mm-hmm. He literally put five examples in front of you to learn from and to be discipled by. Yes. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're sitting here like, "Wow, oh God, they're just so, they're so outspoken and they're, they, you know, they're just pushy with it. No, they're not. They're, they're the, doing the boldness that you prayed for. That's right. Mm-hmm. And now God's given you five examples and he says, you'll be the average of the company you keep. Mm-hmm. Now keep company with these five examples. Yeah. Right. If they're going out to minister downtown to the homeless on Friday night and they tell you they're going, well, I didn't get a I didn't get an invitation. They told me they were going out, but they didn't tell me to come with. We got family fish fry anyway, so I'm just <laughs> gonna go out to eat with family them. Family fish fry is such a Wisconsin right. thing, by the but way. But the, the crazy thing right is mm-hmm. is like you just talked yourself out of an opportunity yeah. to to ask them if it would be okay if you came along to learn from them. Mm-hmm. I don't know one evangelist with boldness that with approached with the idea of somebody coming and learning from them would say, ah, I don't think this is for you. Most yeah. of them would be like, I've been praying for God to send me someone. Yeah. And here you are saying, here am I, Lord. Mm-hmm. This is what time we're meeting. I'll drive. I'll pay for the gas. Yeah. You know, women, women are very interesting, right? Oh, yeah. And is it, I, should I be quiet now? No, but I, you may have Don't thoughts. make direct eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I've seen this happen with women who they're like, 
this this might sound strange. They almost build up a resentment towards another woman. And when you finally dig in, what you find is that they actually admire that person. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. And that they don't know how to approach them and ask them for help. Yep. So, like, if you even it's so like, instead, the best thing to do is act like an equal. No, right. Well, but I'm for, saying a that's man, what, for a that's man, for a man, that's yes. what I see a lot of people do is like, I want to be like this person. Like, I'm jealous of what they're calling is. So I'll just try and act like I'm equal with them instead of putting myself in a position of humility to learn well, from and that, be mentored. Well, that is like the man's approach. What women will do is they'll distance themselves mm-hmm. and they'll sit from afar. Yeah. And then they'll start to like critique. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, well, her hair is cute, but like I can see her roots. <laughs> you know what I mean? And in reality, like they start to pick to bring that person down to their level mm-hmm. rather than rising to theirs because they don't know how to. And I think we need to be able to approach one another in a way that we're like, can I learn from you? I mean, I'm using like a very surface example of like, how somebody dresses, but like I've literally seen a situation turn around where somebody didn't like somebody Mm -hmm. air quotes. They didn't like them. Well, really what they, they, they admired them, but felt like they were unable to approach them and would never measure up when they started to talk to that person. They realized like, Oh, that person shopped at Walmart. Like I could have that exact same outfit. I just didn't know how to put those pieces together. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I've I've watched people sit in agony by themselves yeah. for years because they're unwilling to just submit to someone's expertise. Yeah. And learn from them. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that you found encouragement through what we've shared. We would be so honored if you would make sure that you're following us. You should also find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at at the Real King Podcast. That's at T-H-E Real King Podcast. And don't forget, we put out new episodes every Monday. See you next time.